0: side family. My name is Eric Johnson, and I serve on the production team. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders, and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. Love you guys, and enjoy. But today, or a couple weeks ago, we started surviving the elements, and we started off talking about uh, three things in life that you really need to survive in. And we brought out the need for fire, warmth, the need for food, sustainability, the need for shelter, the need for shelter, uh, protection. Uh, in my life and in my adventures, I have had the opportunity to be in all types of elements. I have lived across the nation. I've traveled across the nation. I've traveled in different parts of the world, and and even in my personal pursuit of adventure, I've been in the hottest of hot and I've been in the coldest of cold. I've been in windstorms and rainstorms and thunder and I've been in ice storms. And I have to say if you are not prepared for the element that you are facing, you can really find yourself in a world of hurt. You can even find yourself facing death You can find yourself facing a type of sickness. You can find yourself facing hospitalization just simply because you may not be prepared for the elements that you find yourself in. And it's the same way spiritually. Just like we fight or have to deal with different kind of elements in life in various seasons we also find ourselves having to fight different elements when it comes to spirituality. The enemy is always trying to steal, kill, and destroy. We always have to deal with our neighbor. We always have to deal with our, with our marriage. We always have to deal with our career. We always have different elements going on in our life. And if we're not prepared to handle the variety of elements that comes to us, guess what? The elements can get the best of us. The elements can cause our faith to d- to uh, dwindle. The job could steal our joy. Our marriage could be on the rocks. Society could, can uh, or could depress us. But if we are prepared with the right elements, then we can find ourselves not 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 being removed from the elements because we're going to face things in life, but we can find ourselves able to deal with the elements so that we can get through them and come out strong, capable, blessed, and so forth. Now, the first message, we talked about fire representing the Holy Spirit, and that was our focus. We also said food represents the Word of God. And we said that shelter represents the church. So today we're going to be talking about food that we need in our life. Not physical food, but food being the word of God. If there's one thing that we have to maintain in our life, to walk with God, to hear God, to be blessed, to be able to, work through the elements, we need the Word of God. The Word of God sustains. The Word of God changes. The Word of God helps. We need the Word of God. So to start off with, let's just look at three things that natural food does for us, and then we're going to parallel those those same three things with how the Word does the same. So the first one is Food nourishes us, gives us nutrition. It enables us to function physically how God created us. Number two, it sustains us. It doesn't only nourish us, but it helps us to maintain what we need to do or how we need to function as human beings. And third, this is the fun one. It fulfills us. So here a couple weeks ago or last week sometime, I, I made some cinnamon rolls, and uh, I, I, I took the extras, and I, I uh, put them in the freezer. And I'm I'm kind of teeter-tottering in my diet right now. I was told i need more protein, but and I've told you this before, and I've started eating a whole lot more meat, and guess what? I'm gaining weight. And I was like, ah, man, I feel so bad. I'm 200 pounds, and ah, I don't like Don't like my frame with that much weight on it. And so I've been trying to stay away from other things. But guess what? I woke up this morning, 5.30, 6 o'clock, kind of getting getting myself ready for this. And the first thing that came to my mind was coffee, frozen cinnamon roll, and thank God for a microwave because I don't got to wait three hours for them to thaw up. But there was this little voice that was like, you don't need that. You've been grappling and complaining. You haven't been feeling good. You didn't gain some weight. But there's a certain essence of fulfilling that comes from that cinnamon and that sugar and that buttercream and that organic flour that just rises so nicely. So did I listen to God or Satan. I cut it in half. I improvised. (laughs) I balanced that baby out. I didn't eat a whole one. I was like, I can deal with 300 calories as opposed to 600 calories. I'll work out later today. Robert, you might have to toss me a little bit harder this afternoon. Just burn, burn those calories, bud. Burn those calories. Why did I do that? Because there's just something fulfilling about it. It's like taking a bite of whatever you love. When it comes to food, you know, there's, there's fulfillment in it. There's pleasure. There's joy in food. Now let's look at the word of God in regards to these three things and three scriptures that go with them. So nourishment. The food, I mean the word, excuse me, the word like food gives us nourishment. So let's read 1 Peter 2.2. 2. The apostle Peter exhorted... The believers, <clears throat> as newborn babes long for the gallus milk of the word in order that by it you may grow unto salvation. Say it again, at least part of it. As newborn babies long for the guileless or the guiltless milk of the word in order that by it you may grow unto salvation. It's, it's distinctly speaking in regards to the word being like milk to a newborn baby and how it causes that baby to grow. When you have a newborn baby, what goes inside that baby's body is extremely important. Why? Because that baby needs the most nutrition why as we know so the baby can grow right develop and have all the functions that a baby needs to have food brings us nourishment but just like the word said here in first Peter 2 2 so does the Word of God The Word of God causes us to grow like we need to grow as human beings. The Word of God makes healthy a mind, which is the soulless realm. It makes healthy even the body because when we obey the Word of God, there's nothing in the Word of God in regards to what we should do that does any harm to us. So when we obey the word of God, really what you can find yourself doing and how you can find yourself living is really a very healthy, holistic lifestyle. So not only does it do good for us soulishly, it does good for us physically. It makes us better people, better humans. It nourishes the soul and then it nourishes the body. How many of you have ever just been going through something and even though maybe in the flesh you were like, I don't want to read, I don't, reading the Bible is the last thing I want to do right now. But yet you made yourself read the Bible and during the process of reading the word and the aftermath of reading that word, you felt the benefits of God's word. It just nourished your hungry soul. It nourished maybe your broken heart or it nourished your confused mind. Maybe it nourished confusion that was there and brought about peace. See, there's no other text like the Word of God in the world. There's a lot of good texts out there, there's a lot of good authors and a lot of good books with a lot of great wisdom, but none of it works as powerful or is as nourishing as the word of God is to our soul. And if we are going to survive the different elements that we are going to have to go through, we have to realize and we have to be like very committed to it. That we have to be students of the word. So the second one is it sustains. Matthew 4.4 4 says this. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out through the mouth of God. Now this, the context of this area of scripture has to do with sustaining because this was in an area or a time in Jesus' life that his ministry was just about to start. And the Bible says, if you look at it through Mark, this is through Matthew, but if you look at it through Mark, the Bible says that the Spirit of God drove, pushed, forced Jesus into the wilderness. And it's in the wilderness that Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And at the end of that fast, the Bible actually says that Jesus was tired or Jesus was weak if there's one time that we need sustainability in our life, it's when we find ourselves weary. Maybe weary of doing good. Weary of fighting the battle. Weary of being what we feel God wants us to be. Weary of the struggles in relationships or on the job or whatever it might be. If there's one time that we truly need sustainability is when we find ourselves weary and weak. Because like in a good boxing match, when a fighter is weary and weak and he's getting the dog beat out of him, there is a temptation from the corner. And the temptation from the corner it's to throw in a white towel, t- towel, which means I surrender. I'm done. I'm getting my butt whooped and I don't want no more of it. But when it comes to our spirituality, when it comes to our faith, when it comes to the things that God is leading us through, we cannot afford for us or the people in our lives to throw the white towel in. What do we need? We need sustainability. We need to be sustained in our efforts and our focus and our prayer and our commitment and in our purpose that God has given us. And sometimes the only thing that can sustain our faith is the root of faith. And that's the word of God, because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the word of God sustains our faith. And the Bible says that faith is what pleases God. So if we want to maintain a life of faith, which is a life that is pleasing to God, we're going to need a super dose of sustainability in our life. Because just like Jesus, there's going to be times that the Spirit of God pushes us into a season and we're going to find ourselves weak. We're going to find ourselves weary. And we're going to find ourselves tempted. Because what happened? At the end of Jesus' 40-day fast, when he was weak and weary, is he was tempted. And he was tempted with the acts of the flesh, or the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. He was tempted in those three categories. But in the midst of one of those temptations, when he needed sustainability... To keep pushing through. He simply responded to Satan. Man shall not live on bread alone. Because at that time, bread was a sustaining food. But on every word that proceeds proceeds out through the mouth of God. Look at somebody and say, the word will sustain you. Come on, push somebody, push somebody, wake them up. You little, you guys looking a little sleepy this morning. Come on, get some movement going, wake them up, push them. Say, wake up, wake up. You can sleep after lunch today. The third one is fulfills. So we just briefly mentioned that. Told you about my cinnamon roll story. Food fulfills us. Well, so does the Word of God. Look at what Jeremiah fifteen sixteen says. The weeping prophet. Your words were found. Man, I, I could dive a little deep here, but I'm not going to. Your words were found, and I ate them. I love that. See, he's referring to the word as food, and I ate them. And I love this. This is, this is the home run, home, run, home run hitter right here in context of what we're talking about. And your word became to me the gladness and joy Of my heart. So Jeremiah is referring to word as food. Your words were found, and I ate them. And then he just laid it out plain. Your word became to me gladness and joy. I had to tell you when I ate that cinnamon roll this morning. There was a gladness of heart that overcame. Say, oh, thank the Lord. And I made these boogers here too. The word of God is the same. There's, there's nothing like, you know, just kind of reading your word and all of a sudden out of nowhere, like you literally experience God just giving you a revelation or God just speaking to you. Through his word. There's something about God speaking to us through his word. Like when you like really experience that. Or you experience the word work. Like you going through something or dealing with something in life. And you declare that word or you apply uh, the ways of the word to it. And then all of a sudden you just experience. You know the promise of the word. There is just a gladness that comes over us it's all living it's all power it's absolute so now check this out to have the effects of the word like the effects of food in our life we have to believe it can you say believe it can I can I get a little bit louder believe it now can you say 100% Now, the Bible says the Word doesn't come back void. But if you want the fullness of effect from the Word in your life, you and I, we have to believe it 100%. There cannot be any cracks. Can someone say no cracks in this part of our faith? Now, don't raise your hands, but... How many of you know you got some cracks in your faith? Mm-hmm. We got some skeletons in the closet. We got some ways that come out in the house. We got some thoughts and words that happens in the truck or the car. Like, there's some cracks in the faith. Well, I ain't making excuses for them. We all just, we all have cracks that we, that we have to work on. Amen? The only person that didn't have cracks was Jesus. But everybody else had, crack, had cracks and will have cracks. But there's one crack in the foundation that cannot be if we are going to experience the fullness of God's Word like we experience the fullness of food. And that is, you cannot doubt it whatsoever. You cannot doubt that it's absolute. You cannot doubt that it came from God. You cannot doubt that the stories are literal, not just symbolic. You know, there's, there's a thought process or teachings out there that a lot of the big miracle stories in the Bible is only symbolisms. That they didn't really happen. That Jonah really didn't get ate by a whale. That the Red Sea really did not depart. listen. I don't care what science says. I don't care what the the, the greatest uh, philosophers or teachers in in the world say. You have to know in your heart and in your mind that 100% Whether it makes sense or it doesn't make sense. And let's be honest, there is parts of the word that doesn't make sense. But the Bible, the word also says to lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways trust the Lord. It doesn't make sense that the Red Sea departed. It doesn't make sense that a man got ate by a big fish. It doesn't make sense that a savior rail rose from the dead. There's a lot of things that doesn't make sense. But that's when we ignore our intellect and we grab a hold to our faith and we say within our heart and we declare with our lips, "God, I don't understand it. God, it don't make no sense to me. But because I believe the Bible 100, I'm going to believe." that this is true. Amen? And we have to believe that because if there is any cracks in your foundation, what a crack in a foundation is is a way for the enemy to get his self inside the foundations of your faith. And if he can get inside the foundations of your faith, he can turn your mind, he can turn your heart, he can turn your circumstance, he can turn your faith. So when it comes to struggles and cracks on our journey of faith, we all have them, all of us. But we can't have cracks when it comes to our faith. In His word, if we want His word to get us through all the elements of life. Amen. Amen? So let me close <clears throat> with a, another scripture, and a, a couple more things. Mark eleven twenty two says, have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours I'm going to give you an extra right here. Okay, this isn't this is in, 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 the, in, in the notes or even in the context of my message, but this is a very important extra. Because what, what we're talking about is faith in the word of God and God's promise to answer prayer prayers. But there is a warning here. And the warning is verse 25. It says, And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. So in a really brief way, what it is technically saying is you better make sure you have forgiven people because if you don't forgive people, your prayers are not going to be answered. So when you study Scripture, that's, it's in the same context. Like it's the same story, the same instance. You know, like when you read some stories, you can come across when something is, is being said, then all of a sudden the scene changes and then something else is said. And what some people have done is they take, they've taken two sections of Scripture and they push them together to try to come out with a certain type of thought or teaching. And it's just not not right. It's not accurate. Because Jesus is speaking uh, about one thing to one group of people. Then he's speaking about another thing to another group of people. And if you try to mesh these things together, you could come up with some conflicts. But this is not one of those. This is the same setting, the same people, the same conversation, the same directive from Jesus. There's no change in it whatsoever. He went from faith to answered prayers a warning all in the same conversation and his warning was this if you don't forgive people you're not going to be forgiven but he said it in the context of prayer of faith and and prayer so jesus put an ending on this to let us know hey if you just if you really believe that that mountain can be cast into the sea now that that, that's kind of crazy for us to think that way he says it will be but if you have unforgiveness in your heart then the father won't forgive you and it's, it's like he's just saying hey your 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 prayers are not going to be answered because God hasn't because God is still holding you guilty Before you repented and gave your life to the Lord, did you experience a lot of prayers being answered? But when you surrendered your your life, you rep- you surrendered your life to the Lord and you repented and you were forgiving. Did you begin to experience God answer some of your prayers? Hopefully so. I mean, if not, then some, something ain't happening right. So we kind of see a category here, like a situation going on where Jesus is letting us know you will be unforgiven. You will not be in the favor of God. You will not be in, in, you will not be able to have your prayers answered. Sorry, I'm going a little further than I want. I just wanted to give you a quick side note because that's something for you to, for me, for us to really think about it. Me and Lorana had a conversation yesterday or the day before about it because it's a very sobering thought. So I got some things I'm praying for that I'm believing for. And her and I, you know, had, had, had this conversation about that. Like, okay, you know, the Bible says if I believe, if I pray and I trust the Lord, then these things will happen. But if I have any unforgiveness in here, So that's something for for you to really consider, for all of us to really consider when it comes to how God responds to our prayers. Do we have hardness of heart toward people? Do we have unforgiveness toward people? Do we have grudges toward people? Do we have hatred toward people? Because if that's the case, guess what? You're not going to speak to a mountain when you face a mountain and it be thrown into the sea. Jesus kind of outlined it right here. But back to the word. Can you say back to the word? Why do we need to know and believe the word? Number one, for the power that you find in it. So in the Word, you will find how to deal with natural elements, and you will find how to deal with spiritual elements. Why do we need to know and believe the Word? Because of the directives. It teaches us what to do. It teaches us if things is wrong or okay. Why do we need to believe? And Why do we need to know? Number three is it gives us knowledge. It gives us knowledge about God and about Satan. It gives us knowledge about spirituality. It gives us knowledge about angels. A lot more. It gives us knowledge about a lot more. It gives us knowledge about how God and Satan operates. Something that I do in the word is I don't just look at the story like at, at, at this forefront. But I dive into how God is working in that story. And then I align other stories up and I'm able to see how God operates. Not based on what the story has said, but based off what we are witnessing God do inside the story. Am I making sense? So a lot of people know the stories of the Bible, and and that's great. I mean, we should. But when you really get inside the Word, you don't just come to know the stories. You come to witness how God operates in the stories. And when you begin to see how God operates, that's when you know what to expect From God in your life. That's when you begin to experience. Him working in certain ways. In your situations. And it's the exact same way with Satan. So I don't just pay attention to the stories. That involve Satan. But I pay attention. To how Satan is operating. In a whole bunch of stories for me to have an understanding of how Satan operates. And it gives me a leg up on the function of Satan in my life. It it has taught me that Satan works in patterns. It has taught me that Satan functions in secret. It has taught me that Satan works waiting very patiently and when we least expect it boom he pounces see the Bible may or may not directly say that but if you know the word and you're able to get inside the story then what you're able to do is gain a knowledge on how God operates gain a knowledge on how Satan operates you find yourself well-equipped for the elements that we have to deal with in life. Right on? So the Word. The Word. If you want to survive any of the elements that you might be facing in life, I cannot say it enough. Man, you got to know and understand the word. I mean, I kid you not, it is so important. Those of you who may or may have not been walking, or those of you who maybe have not been walking with God a real long time, take it from those of us who have. Greater than companionship, greater than people's prayers, has been the Word of God that has guided us through rough elements. I can't say it enough. Be people of the Word. I thought I was to say something in the beginning and then I forgot and then the Holy Spirit just reminded me to finish off with it. Like, so... Internationally and nationally, like we, we're in a really weird space. We we have all kinds of things that's going on in our nation, in our in our state, uh, in our communities. Like just look 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 back to when COVID began. Like how fast that erupted. And I, I, to me, COVID is like a curse word. I hate even saying it. But but it, it's really it has it. it if you allow it to it will really teach you a lot my point is we don't know what elements is coming our way like we we honestly we don't know when god is when jesus is coming back people think they know but jesus said it himself in acts 1 that that nobody knows And so let's say he tarries another 100, 200 years, another 1,000 years. The world that we live in is not getting any easier in regards to the effect it is having on us as followers of Christ. Jesus even said, they're going to hate you because you love me. So like we are, for the, for the last five years four years we, we've been dealing with some crazy elements and we are dealing with crazy elements right now and it's only going to get worse i know a lot of you you're 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 prepared with ammunition guns that's that's okay Some of you are prepared with water and canned goods, and that's that's okay. Some of you are prepared with family and other parts of the nation that you could go to, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with being prepared. You even find it in the Scripture. But let me, please listen to me. Our first level of preparedness for what could be coming down the pipeline in the coming years is simply the Word of God. That's our first level of preparedness. Our church went through COVID pretty safely, not because of my leadership. Yes, I made distinct choices. After three months of us shutting down, I said no more. And God had his hands upon our church. We had no major outbreak in our church. The finances was through the roof. In fact, I wish we had those finances now. Like, what's up? What's up? I mean, like, Westside... And, and a lot of you don't even know what was going on behind the scenes here, because I, I just don't come out and share that stuff. Like God's hand was up on West Side during that time. Like I, I I know of some other churches and other pastors that got put through the ringer. And I'm not saying that they didn't base their thing off the Word. I can't speak for them, but I can tell you this: we based our decision off the word of God and the leading of the Holy Ghost and God saw us through that pandemic in a favored strong blessed way and I know with all my heart if we maintain whether it be in our church or in our families those same principles for me and my house we shall serve the Lord that his word is first, and we will be led by the Holy Spirit. That God will see us through any pandemic, any major issue, any catastrophe, whatever element comes our way. Not because we're special, because we're not. Look at somebody say, You ain't special. No, because me and my leadership team made a choice that this church is going to be led by the spirit and we're going to lead it by the word of God come hell high water prison or death we are going to be faithful to the word of God period and I will be on the front lines waving the banner And guess what, God has blessed us. God has blessed us. So, we have elements that is occurring and we have elements that is coming. And yes, be prepared. Practically, physically, be prepared. But don't be so prepared practically that you're not prepared scripturally. Because at the end of the day, it's the word of God that's going to get you through anything. Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks.